Teaching meditation can be a deeply rewarding experience. Help others improve their mental and emotional well-being, reduce stress, improve focus, increase self-awareness and self-regulation, all while deepening your own practice and understanding. Join acclaimed author, Buddhist teacher, and Emmy Award-winning musician David Nickturn on Tuesday, May 28th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time for a free online discussion on teaching meditation in Dharma Moon's renowned Mindfulness Meditation Teacher Training Program. Get certified by Dharma Moon to teach meditation, lead group practice sessions, and work with individual students. Visit dharmamoon.com slash be here now for more info and to reserve your spot for the free online event with David Nickturn on May 28th. I'm Rachel, the creative director for Ram Dass's Love Server Member Foundation, and I'd like to welcome you to our Inner Academy, a virtual Dharma hall where our family of wisdom teachers will help you navigate your daily life by bringing ancient wisdom into a modern context. With over 200 hours of audio and video teachings, meditations, and practices from teachers like Ram Dass, Krishna Das, Sharon Salzberg, Jack Kornfield, Roshi Joan Halifax, Joseph Goldstein, and many more, the Inner Academy is your core resource for finding balance, presence, and navigating the ups and downs of your daily life. The Inner Academy has guidance for every step of your journey. Choose from an annual or monthly membership and gain access to past and future courses, retreat replays, virtual community, and much more. If you've been familiar with Love Server Member Foundation for a while, you'll know that most of our offerings are given freely or on a sliding scale basis. So when you subscribe to the Inner Academy, you're paying it forward and bolstering our ability to continue creating accessible offerings for all in the future, as Ramdas wished for us to do. Be here now and start your journey with Ramdas's Inner Academy today. For more, visit ramdas.org forward slash Inner Academy. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Krishna Das Pilgrim Heart Hour. In this podcast, Krishna Das shares his warm-hearted and down-to-earth path to the divine. If you are interested in supporting Krishna Das's podcast, please go to beherenownetwork.com/kd. What's happening? Yes. Yeah. So I have this burning desire question. Um, I was raised Catholic. And I went to Catholic schools for 12 years and I was surrounded by nuns and priests and the fear of God. And I've always had this quest to be connected with God. And I did a lot of drugs and I drank a lot. And I guess did a lot of things to try to find this peace. But I always had this spiritual quest of so I tried many, like, 
you know, and I'm, and I'm universal. I don't call myself Christian and, you know, I love every religion and, but what I have a hard time, and so I have this um, yoga teacher who's from India, and she introduced me to you. And what I have a hard time with is not knowing what I'm saying in the words. Mm-hmm. And almost like, like a guilty feeling, like I've been trying to get over this Catholicism, fear of God thing, you know, forever. Mm-hmm. And... Um, when you say fear of God, what are you talking about? Guilt, you know, Guilt like, that you you'll be punished for yeah, your sins. Yeah, yeah, like you're gonna, like when I hear you say, it almost sounds like your higher power is this guru, and um, I don't really have like a guru or a teacher or anything like that. I don't even know who I pray to, but like. So I guess what my question is, does it matter, like, will I find peace if I just say these words without knowing what they mean? Yes. <laughs> so which words are you talking about? Which, which, I mean, just the, like the Shiram, Shiram, of But the chants that we're singing. Yeah. Some of the chants have meanings, like gospel songs have meanings, you know, and some of the chants are mantras. Mantras don't necessarily mean, conceptually, they don't necessarily mean something conceptually, directly, but the sounds have a power and a magnetism in them. And those mantras you can sing without ever thinking about what it means intellectually. Chants like the Hanuman Chalisa, it's, it's all a story. The Hanuman Chalisa, just repeating the things that Hanuman did. What talking about his relationship with Ram, what he did, how he jumped over the ocean, how he found Sita, Ram's wife, etc., etc. Telling the story of Hanuman mm-hmm. and invoking his presence by remembering him that way. Hanuman is a grace, you could say, like the. In a way, like the Holy Spirit, really, it connects the supreme being with the individual soul, the reflection of that supreme. It connects that too. So, but you don't have to know that. But you know, if you're interested in that, you could. There are meanings somewhere. We have meanings of the Chalisa. Um, but. As far as the mantras go, and and far as meditation goes, like we're talking about here, the meaning of those things is not really important. What's important is that you pay attention, and you keep coming back. You notice you got caught in this thing, so you let go of it and come back to the chant. It's a practice. It takes practice. And you keep letting go, coming back, letting go, coming back, letting go. Little by little, you you begin to spend more time back instead of away, lost in your dreams or thoughts or emotions, whatever. And you get more comfortable just being here, and it takes more to pull you out of yourself into dreamland, you know, 
reactions and stuff, anger, and guilt and shame and fear and all those things, which are just big emotions. Now, if you're repeating Sri Ram, Jai Ram, Jai Jai Ram, and you start to feel that fear thing and remember what that was like, you can, you keep the mantra going and you, you're feeling that fear, you're feeling that fear, you keep the mantra going, keep it going, and you're still feeling, then just let it go and come back to the mantra. As soon as you notice the thing itself and you're not no longer immersed in it, so you're not noticing that you've been thinking about that for 33 lifetimes, you know, you let it go and you come back to the channel. That movement back is a really big thing. That's what separates, that's what, that, that's what, that's like day and night. Night is like the way we mostly live all the time, not paying any attention, just going from one dream to the next, one pleasure to the next, one pain to the next, one thought, one emotion. We're never aware of, you know, but then when we add a practice, any practice, all of a sudden, it makes us aware of how far gone we are and how often we're gone. Once you're aware of that, you come back. Actually, you're already back. The minute you're aware, and then you rededicate yourself to the mantra, to the re, you know, enter into the mantra again. Why, you, why does that happen? That when you're like really in something, all of a sudden you recognize that you are. Why is that awareness come? That's a mystery. That's a mystery. So, um, but that's the moment when you're here. For a billionth of a second. Then you, you may not even be here doing that, right? But then all of a sudden you realize, oh, okay, and then you're back. That's really, that's, that's the whole thing. That instant when you recognize you've been gone, that you're here for a billionth of a second, and then you're gone again. So, uh, as far as the meanings of the other kinds of chants and longer chants, with, you know, come. You, you don't want to be thinking about the meaning of a chant when you're trying not to be, when you're trying to be paying attention to the chant itself. Just the sound of the chant. You're doing the chant. You're paying attention to the sound of the chant. If, if you're lost thinking about what it might mean, and then it means that, is that the same as it means that thing? And then that chant kind of means something that's similar to that. Oh, it's like the on Jaya. So, you know? Yeah. I was listening to you on Pandora, and because um, I'm very new to chanting, and my um, yoga teacher says, because I have, I'm kind of ADD, and I have a hard time sitting down still. Mm -hmm. So she said chanting would be really good for you. So I'm, you know, doing sure. the whole thing. And I was listening to you and I started getting in my head, not knowing what you were saying. And then I got out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I got out yeah. of the enjoyment of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. So now your personality has been formed around fear. Mm -hmm. And so it'll be very difficult for you to let go of that fear and just come back because you live in that fear. Not always completely, but a lot of your, the shape that you've taken in this life and in your interactions with people, there's a sense of, of, of imminent, uh, something's gonna happen. 
you know. And, uh, so it's hard to let go of that. But when you notice that, you're not in it the same way. At that moment, you notice, just come back to something. Come back to your breath. That has no meaning. It's not going to... How could listening to your breath send you to hell? I mean, it's pretty difficult. You know? I mean, sure, I can imagine trying to bowing for a monkey god might convince you that you'll go to hell. <laughs> listening to your breath shouldn't be... You could, You should... I, you would probably find a way to worry about that. <laughs> when you notice yourself, yourself worrying, just come back to the breath. And you'll see that all you have to do is release and come back. When you're in that fear reality, you're in it. And you're afraid to move. So you can't let go of it either, because that's just fear about that. So that's why you start just learning to pay attention to one thing, like the breath. Breath is always there, as long as we're in the body. It comes in, turns around and goes out, turns around and comes in. And turns always, you can always come back to the breath. For whenever you're anywhere, you, you, you know, that's why you, that's one of the basic practices in terms of developing power of attention. You, did I say, I told yesterday how those Christian ministers met with His Holiness the Dalai Lama and they asked him, what do you think about sin? And he said, it's kind of a Christian thing, isn't it? Very much. They don't have that. It's not, it's purely um, emotionally manipulative technique for keeping people under the thumb and making money and getting more real estate and controlling people and doing a lot of other terrible things. So I have nothing to do with God. Thank you. And the one you're praying to knows you're praying to. Or you don't have to know. <laughs> Didn't know if it was my turn or if somebody else had a microphone. You got the mic. I got the mic. Um, <clears throat> I kind of forgot what question I was going to ask. That's the best one. <laughs> um, what I was going to ask, and this is in relation to some things that I've been going through. I guess this is where I'm going with my question is, the word fight has become such this negative word for a long time throughout all the journeys that I've been going through. And like, I don't want to fight for something because I just need to surrender and love everything, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but it's come to this point where I'm starting to find this beauty in, in this fight and this standing mm -hmm. up strong and putting my foot down and saying enough <laughs> is enough. Mm -hmm. So I guess, I guess it's me just, Surrendering to the to the word fight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Maybe I just answered my own question, but um. you did very well. <laughs> yeah, so that's fine. Yeah, um, one thing we shouldn't try to do is up level mentally, up level our game. Well, I should just love everybody. When the time comes and the grace comes that you actually do love everybody, you'll also love yourself, and you'll also do what's best for yourself as well. It's not a one or the other kind of thing, you know? Um, you know, 
people say, should I make a choice or should I just let me? I, I say, if you think there's a choice to make, make it. It's that simple. It's, you have to be who you are. You know, you can't, don't, don't adopt or try to wear the clothes of some so-called spiritual uh, form, which you, you're not, it's not who you are. You, you, you know who you are. What do you want to do? Do it. So don't judge it. Don't, don't stand outside yourself and judge it. What you think it might look like in the eyes of some spiritual people or this path, whatever, you know? You know, the body, you need a body to do a lot of things. So you might as well try to keep it around. And um, that's a whole journey in itself. What's the best way to do that? Well, you have to find out. You won't find out unless you don't engage fully in it, 100%. That's, you know, if you're going to fight, if you're going to put the armor on and get your weapons out, either you better have a good escape route or you're going to have to fight. So, you know, <laughs> you better, you know, you know, go for it 100%. The, you don't want to do anything half-assed. You know, that was, you need to use your will to manifest in this world. We want to be happy. We want to live good lives. We want to be healthy. We don't want to have pain. We want to have joy and, and, and companionship and love in the world. This is dependent on, on our, us manifesting our will to live a good life, whatever that means to each person. That's your will, not anybody else's. That's important here. You know that's you know that silly story where this guy's this big flood and this guy gets caught up in a tree and he's you know it's a, he's gonna he's gonna die you know because there's nobody around he's gonna starve to death and a bark a piece of a log comes floating by and he says oh no I'm not gonna jump on that log I want God to save me and then, then a guy comes on a motorboat you know. He says, come on, get in the boat. He says, oh, no, no, I want God to save me. Says, okay, and somebody else said, I mean, finally dies and goes to wherever he goes, and God says, hey, what's up with you? You know, he says, well, I wanted you to save me. He says, what the fuck is wrong with you? I sent a log, I sent a motorboat, I sent a helicopter, you know? So, so you know, it's kind of like that. <laughs> I'm cursing a lot, right? <laughs> Not as much as usual. No. Not as much as usual. More than lately. I, I stopped lately. I don't know why. Oh. I think because there's no kids in here, my mind just went, go for it. <laughs> Who's a kid? Well, he's too young. Next victim. Right here. I don't know what the question is. However, uh, I'll tell you the answer. Good. <laughs> so when you just said about, so I always get confused with this. Um, there's of course grace that you've talked about, and that I'm not doing it. Grace is doing it. <clears throat> but then saying that self-propulsion, my will. 
basically I make my own destiny with my will. So then there's that the will will simply make will with will we perform actions as far as destiny is concerned. The results of our actions are beyond our vision. Mm -hmm. They come or they don't come, or they come the way they come. We don't know. All we can do is do what we do. So if she doesn't take care of her health, certain things will happen. You could say it was destiny that, she, well, maybe, uh, maybe she just didn't pay attention, didn't take care of it. If she does take care of her health, doesn't mean she's going to live for 9,000 years. And the same thing could happen, but the will is about what you do right now, not what happens later. So I get up in the morning, I have to drag this old carcass around and get up here and squeeze this thing and say, I'm doing that. At least it looks that way. You know, but I still have to get up and do it. I can't, if I stayed in bed, nobody would be singing here. With me, anyway. So that's where the will comes. As, you know, as far as the reality of, these are things you can't think about on the same level. They don't exist on the same level. You could say it's a different language. This, uh, the language of, of reality. It's not in words. So all we can do is do the best we can. We're, we're not going to figure it out. Yeah, we're not going to figure it out. So just let it go. Trying to figure it out and be a lot happier. Yeah. That thing, that's, a, that's the ego wanting to control. You can't, the ego's nothing. How can it control anything? One, what it can control is your, the way you use your will to act in the world, what you do. The results of that are beyond the scope of the ego. But we seem to have choices about how we act in the world. So that brings into play a whole lot of other things. What's important to you, what's important to the people around you, and on and on. But none of it has to do with figuring anything out in terms of the long run. Mm -hmm. Doing it for eons, I guess. Mm -hmm. Probably. Thank you. All the way down that side, okay. It's simple. I just want to know whether she saw you wearing the dress or not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she did. She had a good laugh. It was too funny. Every time I said, this is Krishnadas. He was here with Maharaj in Maharaj's time. He was the Pujari. He used to wear a red dress. <laughs> Oh, no. I'd just be waiting for the next, like, where is that dress? Do you still have it? Why don't you wear it? Nothing. <laughs> and I had to want, I had to do it myself, you see. That was the key. And in retrospect, that night before, the night of the 14th, when I said to Maharaji, what's the deal? You know, you can do this. I know you can do this. Why, why you're not doing it is beyond me. Then I said, well, what can I do? If I can't make you do it if you don't want to. All right, I'll go back. I'll sing. How bad could it be? Good night. That was the moment of surrender. 
when I just accepted me as I am and agreed to fight as I am. I didn't ask him, I didn't, I didn't demand that he do what I wanted him to do, the way I wanted him to do it. I've said, okay, I don't like it, but I'll sing. I'll go back the way I am. And then, of course, he changed everything. But I had to, I had to, I had, he had to push me to the point where I, where I gave up trying to make, make the world in my shape, the way I wanted it. That I had to let go of that. And I had to just say, okay, I'll deal with it. Thank God he changed this. That's all I can tell you. We all questioned out? Unbelievable. Oh, back there. Um, I kind of like the cursing. It's still as presidential. <laughs> In that case, I, I would forsake it. <laughs> um, yesterday you made reference to uh, a thousand Mike Sassandos. You saw several people scratching their head. Oh. And so they're too young. Uh, yes, my experience was 500 Mike's of Osley. So, um, mm -hmm. um, so, but anyway, to, I figured you, you can discuss that more. But, um, you got any? No, no, I, 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 I disgusting. I don't think I would go there anymore, but uh, I always think about it. I wonder which arm would fall off first, you know, like, I'll, my body would just take, we're talking about taking acid. Okay. In case you didn't get it, <laughs> LSD acid. That's what we're talking about. So yesterday you made a reference to the woman who was a devotee who did a compiled stories about Maharaja. Yeah, the book's called Love Everyone. Yeah, I, I read it and in it I was kind of surprised at the connection of Jesus and she continued to talk about it. Yeah. So, the Indians see Maharaji as a reincarnation of Hanuman, but she considered Hanuman and Jesus almost the same. Maharaji considered them the same. So I have a friend of mine who's a born-again Christian, and I said to him... What was he before he was born? Well, I, I, I don't know that, but um, I, I, I didn't mean to push his buttons, but I inadvertently did, or maybe I did, but... Uh, I said to him, what do you think Jesus would look like when he came back? Do you think he would be a, a big tycoon businessman with a bad hairdo? Or would he be a center fielder for the Yankees? And he looked at me and I said, I, I think he's already been here. And he was Maharaji. And he got upset and said, oh, that's blasphemy. And you're going to go to hell in a handbasket and mm. whatnot. And He'll be selling tickets. Huh? He'll be selling tickets at the front door. Oh, it could be. Um, so, is, is that a stretch to say that maybe Maharaji was Christ and a lot of us missed it? <laughs> a lot of us missed it the first time. <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All those Jewish liberals wound up on Long Island. <laughs> And I'm one of them, so I can get it. You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's all stuff. 
uh, he said to you know we were sitting with him and he looked at the westerners he said you were all with jesus like laugh when he was there so we were this group of people we were all with him hmm. and i just looked at him and i said You're still with him that's what it looked like to me right but who knows you know the point is we're looking at this stuff through our perspective of separateness and ego so if we say this person is christ that means this little bubble is the same as that little bubble they're really one bubble but from their perspective it's very different reality hmm. when you merge completely with something hmm. what do you say who's there what do you call it that's why you know when you like Maharaj's name Neem Karoli Baba the Baba from Neem Karoli the Baba from Yogaville the Baba from Richmond it's not a name of a person it's a name of a a, a being it's, it's not a personality it's it's a being that's technically not that all people who are babas or swamis are enlightened but the idea it's not the name of that personality that was born identified with the body it's it's the name of with shape of that soul to some degree you know so when you say it's maharaj jesus is hanuman and jesus is the same well you know it's really hard to talk like that it's just that's just more storylines that we make up down here because we don't have anything else to do you know it's not important who's who and who's what Somebody once asked Shibabali Yogi, who was a great yogi, a really, really big time great yogi. He came to America and somebody said, you know, um, ask him about Jesus dying for our sins. He said, ah, that's just a load of shit. He said, that stuff was made up, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years after Jesus died. If I say something to you right now, and you repeat it to somebody else, and it goes on. What do you think it's going to sound like in a hundred years? Different story. Totally different story. So, what you know? And by the way, there was a great book called uh, I forget what it is. I forget the guy's name. Maybe Bart something. He's a a writer and Christian. And he said he'd been a born again Christian as raised that way. And um, as you know, born again so called born again Christians believe that. What what's in the Bible is what is is reality. Everything is true. Jesus said he said it, and now that's the way it is. So uh, this guy Bart something decided he loved the Bible so much that he decided to uh, study languages, and he became one of the world's leading authorities on Aramaic and Greek and all the languages that the Bible was written in. Right. And he said, linguistically, linguistically, scientifically, you can trace three percent of what's in the Bible to the time of Jesus. Three percent. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. <laughs> so, what are these people worshiping? Who said those things? Some idiot who made a mistake in transcription somewhere in the fourteen hundreds in some dungeon and somewhere, you know. Come on, it's 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 problematic to say the least. 
So, and this guy did it out of love, and he realized that it was all uh, a whole other ballgame because he was like, into it, and he studied and studied, and he found that it's interesting. Can I just mention something about grace? You you often say that you would just be sitting home watching TV, and this is to save your ass, and so this is this is why you you do what you do. I um. I had an incident in my life where I forgave somebody that um, lodged my son when he was four years old. Happened four decades plus ago. He, he also lodged my brother. Um, at, at the hearings that I would go to in court, I finally, I forgave him. And I... I did it to save my ass because I realized I had a lump on my heart that I started to jackhammer away mm-hmm. by chanting. But when I forgave him, I I was bowled over because he started crying like a baby, saying that more than all the psychotherapy, the drugs, the electric shock, that he loved my brother who was trying to help him he had schizophrenia still does and he was trying to help him Mm. and i just didn't expect that and so accidentally by grace i stumbled into i think grace Mm -hmm. is was that grace or was that just saving my own ass sounds good What's the difference? I, I don't know. That's what I'm asking. Is there, is there a difference? I don't think so. Okay, I guess I discovered grace. I guess I discovered you. Mm-hmm. I discovered myself. Mm-hmm. Anyway, don't yeah, don't feel bad for me. I've I've had a great life. It's uh, it's, it's a little bizarre, but I, mean, I wish it had never happened. But it's uh, I don't I don't feel bad for you. Oh, thank you. Don't feel bad for me. No, no. We talk about bizarre. We can compare bizarre. <laughs> I would just like to comment on your, on your hemorrhoids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a statistician, but fifty-two percent of the of the population of this country suffered. So <laughs> it's probably not, maybe it's why we have so many problems. Just, we all such a pain in the ass. Right? I don't know. Very good. Yeah.